Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. This morning, we're going to finish our study on the book of Exodus by looking at Exodus chapter number 40. Now, to remind you where we are, uh, we saw yesterday in Exodus chapter 33 how God had given Moses the plans for the tabernacle, which would be the dwelling place of God. And Moses had come down the mountain to find Israel breaking a lot of the Ten Commandments, having idol worship and putting gods, uh, other gods before uh, Jehovah. And so God had told Israel that he forgave their sin, and he would give them the promised land, but he wouldn't go with them. He would send an angel instead. Well, Israel mourned uh, that loss, that they would lose the fellowship with God because of their sin. So Moses asks God for grace and mercy, and God grants that to them, and he tells them, I'm going to go with you uh, to the promised land and help you and be with you the entire time. And so they have a great celebration and rejoicing. And then Moses begins in Exodus 35 to give the plans of the tabernacle to the children of Israel, and they begin building the tabernacle. And in chapter 40, the work on the tabernacle is done. Look what the Bible says, starting in verse number 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month, shalt thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Now, remember way back in Exodus chapter 12, God told Moses that the Passover would mark the beginning of the year for Israel, would be the first month. So what God is telling us here is that it has been one complete year since Israel has left Egypt, and it's been nine months since they received the plans to build a tabernacle. And Exodus 35 to Exodus 40 is God's, it shows the construction plan. It shows how people willingly gave of their materials, how they worked together to accomplish this incredible feat. And honestly, we could spend uh, probably about a year just looking at the tabernacle and the, the intricate details that God gave Israel. When you study the tabernacle, every part of it points to Christ. Every point of it points to the fact that God's going to send a redeemer for man. But we again, we don't have time to get into that. I encourage you to study it on your own. We're going to look at what happens in Exodus 40 once the tabernacle is finished. After the tabernacle is finished, Moses and Aaron and the priests, they go about the very intricate process of setting up the tabernacle. They cover the tent with the great canvas that Israel had made. They put in the the altar, they put in the mercy seat, they put in the table of showbread, the altar of incense, the brazen laver, and they, they anoint everything and they set everything up, and then they ceremonially clean themselves so that they can enter the tabernacle, or more specifically, they can enter the holy place. But look what happens in verse number 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Before Moses and Aaron can even go into the tabernacle, the glory of God, which is called the Shekinah glory, fills the tabernacle, and they're unable to go in. The the Shekinah glory was the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that led Israel through the Red Sea. 
that had led them through the wilderness up to this point. It is what would lead them throughout their, their journey in the wilderness for 40 years. It was the, the visible, physical representation of God's presence. But in the center of this cloud, it was a burning holy fire where if anyone entered into that, to that cloud, they would be consumed by God's glory. So they finish building the tabernacle, they, they set it up, and God's glory fills it. And this is a wonderful thing because the entire nation of Israel can look towards the tabernacle and see the presence of God. And it would be that way for 40 years. The, the cloud would cover the tabernacle when God wanted them to stay, and then when God wanted them to move, the, the pillar of fire, or the pillar of cloud would move in front of them, and they would break down the tabernacle and follow that cloud through the wilderness until it stopped, and they'd set it up again, and the cloud would once again fill the tabernacle. But you could see this glory of smoke ascending all the way to heaven all the time. And so any Israelite, no matter what they were going through, no matter what they were facing, no matter what troubles they were enduring, they could look towards a tabernacle and see that God was with them. Then let's look at the last verse in Exodus chapter 40. It says, For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journey. See, Exodus ends with hope. They had a, a long journey ahead of them. Now, it ended up being longer than they expected. They get to the promised land, and of course, they have some doubts there, and uh, they send in the 12 spies, 10 come back with a bad report, two with a good report, and because of their lack of faith in God, God punishes the generation that came out of Egypt, and for 40 years, they have to wander in the desert. They have battles in the desert. They're facing difficulties in the desert. It's a barren place, but no matter what they were facing, no matter what they were going through, they could look and see that God was always with them. He was with them in the good times. He was with them in the battles. He was with them when they had doubts and lost faith. They could look towards a tabernacle and see that God was always there. As a New Testament Christian, it's easy to envy them. They had a visible, physical representation of God with them. They could look and they could see the pillar of smoke, they could see the pillar of fire, and they knew that's God. God's there with us no matter what we're facing. No matter what we're going through, God's always there. And as New Testament believers, we don't have that. But Paul says we have something much better. Paul says in Colossians 1.27 that we don't have God with us, we have God in us. We have the Spirit of the living God living and abiding inside of us as children of God. And we never lose it. It's always there. In the good times, it's there. In the battles, He's there with us. In the trials we face, He's there with us. When we feel like we're in a barren wasteland, God is with us. When we lose faith and don't really know what God's doing, God is with us. God is inside of us, living with us, speaking to us, guiding us, protecting us, providing for us, and he says that he will never leave us and never forsake us. That gives us hope even in hard times. Christian, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what, what battle is on the horizon. I don't know what difficulty you're enduring, but I do know that God is in you, and that's the hope of glory that we have, that God in us will never leave us 
and never forsake us. Thanks for joining us once again for our Word of the Day. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. I hope you have a great time this Sunday worshiping God and praising God and fellowshipping with God's children. Join us back here on Monday morning. We're going to begin looking at the book of Leviticus. Have a blessed day.